This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Football Friday podcast for week number three after uh, Cleveland disposes of the Steelers last night on another wacky play at the end of the game, 29-17. And remember, you can wager on the NFL at Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey and play Sugar House in Connecticut for all your wagering needs. And remember, you can get the Mike Francis podcast on any of the days uh, at Bet Rivers on the Bet Rivers Network or wherever podcasts are distributed. As we said, it began last night with the uh, Browns uh, running the ball well. Chubb played well. Cooper played well. Uh, Brissett played well, uh, and they stayed away from mistakes. Uh, a close game unraveled on play late, but. Things had pretty much been decided anyway at that point. There were only nine seconds left when the wacky play happened, but the league is just full of wacky plays. And look at back to last week where no lead, no lead was safe. As you saw teams down 20 points come back to win, down 21 points come back to win. The Jets on a game where they actually had just above a 1% chance to win that game after Chubb takes the ball into the end zone, wind up winning on the most bizarre games uh, that you could ever see. I mean, everything had a break exactly right for the Jets to win that game, but they did, and it took a lot of pressure off their head coach who had dug himself a hole. All right, the games of week number three, the Jets will host the 0-2 Bengals. At 0-2, you have the Bengals, you have the Raiders, you have the Titans, who blew a 13-point lead to the Giants and then last week got destroyed by the, by the Bills. You have the Panthers, who have been a hard luck 0-2, and the Falcons, who were expected. Uh, and at 0-2, have covered both their games this year, but lost both their games. 0-2 teams have a very hard time making the playoffs, even now with an extra game in the schedule. And last year, the only 0-2 team to have a winning record was the Colts, and they didn't make the playoffs because they lost to the Jaguars, which they always do, on the last week of the season. That was obviously uh, a uh, another one of these just crazy finishes. The Falcons last week after the Rams had opened up a big lead. So no lead right now is safe in this league as it goes uh, topsy-turvy and just crazy as we begin Week number three, as we said, the Bengals are 0-2, and if they're thinking about the playoffs, they don't want to go 0-3 because the odds would be so stacked dramatically against them making the playoffs. They actually 
are one of the few teams that has ever opened the season as seven-point favorites in their first two games and lost both games uh, against the spread and straight out. So they are in desperate need of a win. Their very talented quarterback is rushing things because the offensive line is offering him no support. He's been sacked 13 times in two games. He was beat up in the loss to Dallas last week again. Uh, and now can the Jets put that kind of pressure? Because if they can't, they're going to have a hard time stopping them. They haven't stopped either team they have played this year. The Ravens moved the ball easily on them. Last week, Cleveland moved the ball very easily on them. Uh, but they came back and made the plays to win the game, as you know. Uh, the Bengals really need to iron these things out. They are a talented uh, team. We know that they have a talented quarterback. You would expect them to bounce back in this game against the Jets. Flacco uh, did some very good things late in that game last week. And should he win a couple more games here before the young quarterback is ready? You know what? He may stay in the lineup because winning games is what the Jets need to do now in the worst way. The Texans take on the Bears. The Texans... Tied the first week, lost the second week. The Bears uh, last week lost to the Packers, which they always do. Uh, They had a win in week one against the Niners. Uh, This is a winnable game for the Bears. They're a slight favorite, as you would expect. Again, Texans on the road. uh, They seem to hang in these games. And now with Mills, they have done that. And now... With Lovey, they seem to be hanging in the games, but they just don't have enough firepower to pull these games out. Fascinating game in Indianapolis. The Colts are off to a dismal start at 0-1-1, having tied the Texans and then again been embarrassed by the Jaguars. The Chiefs come in rolling at 2-0. If the Colts, and a lot of people like the Colts, I like the Colts as an over this year. A lot of people like the Colts as a deep playoff team this year. People even picked the Colts as a Super Bowl team this year with Matt Ryan. And they have gotten off to a dismal start. 0-2-1 would be an incredibly poor start for the Colts and really dig them a hole. They would have a hard time getting out of. So they need to show up against the Chiefs this week. Not going to be easy because the Chiefs uh, are rested. And they have things cranking in a good direction right now. Now, early in the season, you can have a bad week. I wouldn't be shocked if the Colts come up with a big effort here. But uh, Kansas City is always, always dangerous and is a lot for the Colts to deal with in week number three. The Bills have been the best team in football, no question about it. The Dolphins are 2-0. and The 2-0 and teams right now, the Bills, as expected. The Chiefs, I'm not surprised. The Dolphins off the big comeback last week against the Ravens. The Eagles, who have been ultra-impressive so far. The Bucks, no surprise there. And then the very surprising Giants, who could easily be 0-2, but are 2-0 right now, getting ready to play a Monday nighter against the uh, Cowboys. So that's the teams already. Just six teams at 2-0. The Bills are one of them. The Bills are favored in Miami, as you would expect. The Bills are going to be favored anywhere, anytime this year, unless they're, you know, in a very rare spot because uh, they are 
that good, and they have been playing overpowering football. The Dolphins came from 21 points down in the fourth quarter. Tua had an amazing game. We know how good their attack has been. We know that the Bills are banged up in the secondary, but uh, can the Dolphins win this game? If they do, they will get off to a stunning start. Bills deserve to be favored. You would expect them to win this game, but beware of what's going on with Miami right now. The Lions at 1-1 one one take on the 1-1 one one Vikings, who were awful against the Eagles. You would look for them to bounce back. First time the Lions hit the road. The Ravens coming off a stunning loss. Their offense has been flying. Their defense is completely decimated by injuries already. Now they get the 1-1 one one Pats, who won in Pittsburgh last week in a game that uh, should be very competitive. Uh, you would expect that to be the case because the Ravens, for early in the season, are extremely, extremely banged up. The Eagles at 2-0 and in Washington. Always a crazy game when Washington and Philly meet. But the Eagles have been ultra-impressive. So is their quarterback, their passing attack, their running game, their offense. They have looked very, very good. They blew a big lead and allowed the Lions a backdoor cover. The game was never a threat in week one. And then in week two, they just demolished Minnesota and played well both sides of the ball. Uh, they are playing very good uh, football right now. And this is going to be a very interesting game uh, against uh, Washington in what is always a wild rivalry game between the two. The Saints were just awful in the fourth quarter last week. They played well defensively. They had a chance to go up 2-0. and they had the ball in the red zone with the game at 3-3, Ingram fumbled. They had the ball in the red zone. Winston threw the first of his three picks. They turned the ball over four times in the fourth quarter and losing that game to the Bucs. Their defense showed up and played really well. Winston just, again, way, way too many mistakes. It's just way too many mistakes. Kamara was, didn't play with the ribs, uh, so they have some key injuries. The Saints are, are a good football team, but they cannot overcome their quarterback making huge mistakes at critical times, and that's what happened in a game that was winnable against the Bucks last week. The Panthers are 0-2. They had their hearts broken by the Browns on the 58-yard field goal in week one. They lost a tough game to the Giants last week. They could easily be 2-0, but they're not. All they do is continue to lose, and their head coach is under the gun. That owner is not going to be very patient. He was very unhappy coming into the season. He is more unhappy now. This team continues to find ways to lose. It should be better than this. And again, this is a very, very big week for Rule and the Panthers uh, at 0-2. The Jaguars... Big win over the Colts last week. They played a really a higher-level game than they've played in a long time. Lawrence played a very clean game. They did a lot of good things. They go to the Chargers. Herbert's banged up with the ribs. We expect him to play. Expect. You never know if he could take a shot. He'll take, obviously, something to dull the pain. It's a painful injury. It's not one that's going to hurt him anymore right now. Otherwise, they wouldn't put him out there. You expect him to be a quarterback. Uh, and the Jags have not shown that they can play against this level opponent on the road. The Rams 
against the Cards. The Cards with a miraculous come-from-behind victory, a game they desperately needed. The Rams blew a big lead to the Falcons but then held on for dear life. I mean, they did everything wrong late in the game uh, and allowed the Falcons back into the game and then cinched it with an interception uh, at 1-1 one and one against the 1-1 one and one cause, and the cause still have a lot of people out of the lineup, which is going to be a problem. The Falcons at 0-2 take on Seattle. Seattle isn't going to beat a lot of people on the road, but they can still be dangerous at home. This is a very winnable game against the 0-2 Falcons, who are going to have a long year, despite the fact Mariota's playing pretty well, and they have weapons. They have to use Pitts better. They have, obviously, a very impressive rookie wide receiver. They have some weapons, but it's going to be tough to win games, and they you know, have played pretty well in the first two games, even though they're 0-2. The Packers take on the Bucks. Rodgers and Brady, Bucks go home uh, at 2-0. They continue to win games. Their defense is playing well. Packers beat the Bears, as you would expect. But, again, they showed you they don't have this passing attack with Rodgers under control right now. It's not crisp. The rookie receivers are not ready. They need to run the ball, which they have been doing. Can they do that against the Bucks? It will be very, very difficult. Niners, now with Jimmy G. You know what? You saw how the Niners reacted when Jimmy G came into the huddle off the injury. You know what? They were pounding him on the back. They were all smiles. They were all laughs. And why not? This guy has done nothing but win for them. It's amazing how badly Jimmy G is treated in San Francisco because all he's done is won. Yes, he didn't make the play to Kittles that would have since the Super Bowl. He had him on a third down play that would have ended the game before the Kansas City comeback. I understand that. He has to live with that. But he's been a winning quarterback for them. He's taken them deep to the playoffs. He's taken them to the Super Bowl. He's taken them within a few plays of winning a Super Bowl. So he can win for the Niners. As a matter of fact, they're a better team with him playing. Denver, to be charitable, has got to be better coached okay it's only two weeks so you want to be charitable but what we have seen boggles the mind let's just leave it at that denver has got to do a better job in their coaching they have to do a better job and then cowboys with cooper rush quarterback win last week against the bengals they're one and one their defense is playing well they have Right now, maybe the best defensive player in the league on display. They take on the Giants, and the Giants were one of the stories of the early season at 2-0. The Giants could easily, based on their play, be 0-2. Why are they 2-0? They're 2-0 because this coaching staff has been cohesive, has been... Very, very aggressive and has been crisp in everything they've done. Their decision-making has been crisp. Their sideline communication has been crisp. 
They have done the right things, made the right calls, showed the Giants they're going to be aggressive, showed them that they're out to win these games. Perfect example, the third down safety blitz, which gets the ball back for the Giants. An aggressive play. What you expect from their defensive coordinator. Love gets the sack. They get the ball back. They run out the clock. They make the long field goal. Two weeks ago, they make the plays they have to make, and Tennessee doesn't. Tennessee muffs a punt. Tennessee makes some bad decisions on third down. Tennessee has some broken coverages and blows a 13-point lead. And instead of being 0-2 or 1-1, the Giants are 2-0, and they're 2-0 because the culture so far under their new head coach has been a winning one in every way. It's a good coaching staff. It's a coaching staff that has leadership in all three units. The Giants have been crisp. They've looked like a football team. They've acted like a football team, and they have won like a football team. As we said, if you're 0-2 right now, going into week three, and you're the Bengals, and you're the Titans, you're thinking, hey, i got to find a way to win. i got to find a way to make a play. i got to find a way to just, you know, do anything I can not to start this season 0-3, because 0-3 has, in the, in the history of this league, meant doom as far as going to the postseason. It just always has. And if you're the Raiders in your 0-2, and you're playing the Titans today at 0-2, two desperate teams, desperate teams, Losing games they shouldn't lead. Losing leads they shouldn't lose. Not utilizing talent the way they shouldn't. So when you have teams like the Bengals, who have big expectations, or the Titans, or even the Raiders, who are a decent team, and you're already 0-2, it's time to win in week three, or you have dug yourself an incredible hole. On the other side, if you are a team that has started quick, the Dolphins, who... With a win over the Bills could be 3-0 and flying. The Giants, with a win over the Cowboys, could be 3-0 and flying. If you're those type of teams, especially the Giants, who haven't won in so long, that start can propel you to be so much better. In this league, you will buy in. You'll buy into the coaching. You'll buy into everything. You'll work a little harder. You'll play with an injury. All the things the team concept raises dramatically the idea of sacrificing for the team raises dramatically when you win. A couple of early losses can set you back immensely in the NFL. A couple of early wins can propel you immensely in the NFL. And that's why I note the 0-2 teams, and that's why I note the 2-0 teams. Because week three and week four will start to separate Who's going to have the surprising season and who's going to have that really bad season? 
And I would put the Colts at 0-1-1 in there. They're not 0-2, but I would put them in there. Because the games against the Texans and the Jaguars had to be winnable games, and they haven't been. And now they face the Chiefs in what is really, in the early season with Matt Ryan, the quarterback, a must-win for the Colts. An absolute must-win. We'll come back with your emails right after this. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Send your emails to Podcast at gmail.com. We'll try to get to some at the end of each podcast we do. Not always, but a lot of times we do. Here we go. Anthony and Austin starts us off. You've always stated that when an NFL team is trying to engineer a comeback in the final minutes, they shouldn't worry about scoring too soon and to just focus on scoring without worrying about leaving the opponent too much time on the clock. Has your opinion on that changed given the frequent final minute comebacks? I'm not sure of the question, to be honest with you. Uh, and I'm not sure about scoring, what scoring too soon means. Uh, so I apologize, but I, I just don't really get where, where you're coming with that. I mean, listen, when you're coming from a couple of scores down, you don't have any margin forever at that point. I mean, I don't know what exactly you're talking about wearing. What I'm saying is what I think what you're alluding to is what I say is if you are trying to score a touchdown to take the lead, you cannot manage the clock and score the touchdown. Worry about scoring the touchdown. Okay. If you are a veteran team and you have the ball on the goal line, you can play with the clock a little bit. But barring that, the idea is to get in the end zone. And if your defense has to play a little defense, then play a little defense. Okay, but your offense's job there is to get the ball in the end zone. And if they do with a little time on the clock, well, then you know what? Do your job. Tim in Morristown, who has always been a big Cowboy fan. If the Cowboys get hot and Cooper Rush wins four in a row, can you see them sticking with the hot? Absolutely not, Tim. This is not... Cooper's team. This is Dak's team. Okay. It is Dak's team. That is without question. I don't care how many games he would win, but when you have a backup quarterback who can at least play and who can salvage a season as Cooper Rush is doing right here and would really stamp himself as more than just a run of the mill backup. If he beats the giants this week, James, yes, are the Niners more of a contender with Jimmy G. Absolutely. Shanahan seems to get tight in big spots with Jimmy G because he doesn't trust him to make the throws. You're absolutely right. They have no trust in Jimmy G or they wouldn't have gone out and got another quarterback. The guy's numbers as a starter in terms of wins and losses is superb. The guy has shown he can take the team to the Super Bowl. He missed Kittles on a third down play that would have iced the Super Bowl. He did miss him. He had him. He missed him. Yes, it's hard for them to live with that. Niners came back. I mean, the Chiefs came back and won the game. He had Kittles on a third down play. He should have hit him. He didn't. He missed him. Okay? But Jimmy G has shown you that he can win football games. They have a much better chance now to be a playoff team than they ever would have been on the Lance. They were going nowhere on the Lance. He's not ready. Joe in Totowa asks, for all of Aaron Rodgers' greatness, he really talks a lot and almost sounds whiny. Is it just you? No. He is a different guy. He is an extremely talented player. As a matter of fact, he's as physically talented as anybody we have ever seen. 
at the quarterback position. And that's saying a lot. I mean, that is saying a lot. But he has played the position on such a high level. But for all that, he hasn't been the greatest leader. And he hasn't been the greatest postseason player. And if his career only produces one Super Bowl, some people are going to be unhappy with that. And they're going to say, wow, you know, he should have won more. Now, he did win one. But he has been a great, great player at the position. Is he a different guy? Yes. Is he whiny? Yes. Is he a pain in the neck? I'm sure he is. He also is an incredibly talented player. Bruce emails, obviously a great but unlikely win for the Jets. I wish I could see it, but I don't see a scenario where this changes anything on a bad team. Hey, all you can do is play the players you brought in and let them lift you and hope they get enough out of the coaching staff and enough out of the quarterback to accentuate that. As I told you, they have players on both sides of the ball. They clearly do. Gardner's a player. The young, skilled people are players. They have an upgraded wide receiver. You've seen that. They have an upgraded running back. You've seen that. These guys can play. You're seeing rookies make big plays already. Hall's making big plays. I mean, they're, they're making plays. They have got to get decent quarterback play. They have got to get better coaching. And if they do that, they could be a little bit of a surprise. But one win doesn't change anything, but it sure takes the pressure off. The 2020 quarterback class, Matt, says, has been a wild with Berwin, Herbert, and Hurts, and Tua. Uh, does it show that it takes patience? With Listen, I, I never forget something that Mike Holmgren told me years ago. He said, the position we scout the worst and coach the worst in the NFL is by far quarterback. We make more mistakes at quarterback than any other position, and we do a bad job of coaching young players at the position. I think that's very true. And there's a subtlety that goes into coaching quarterbacks. There's a subtlety of bringing young quarterbacks along because it's a position where you need so much confidence and so many intangibles to go with the other stuff that you can do a lot of detriment to a lot of players at the position. So a lot of people were all over Tua. Now Tua has weapons. But if he's going to play like that, they're going to have a lot of fun down there in Miami. Talking about Tua, Michael asks, obviously Tua has weapons, but how about the idea of him coming off some bad injuries and finally being healthy? Listen, I think that's part of it. He has had some very serious injuries. It has impacted his ability to play, his ability to throw. Tua, to me, was always a guy who had intangibles and was a guy who knew how to win games. That's what he's always looked like to me. Does he have the strongest throwing arm in the world? No. Does he have to have that? No. There have been a lot of great quarterbacks that didn't have great throwing arms. But if you have the intangibles, if you have the, the knack, if you have it as a position to be able to make plays when the play is needed and put the ball where it's supposed to be, you know what? You can win a lot of games. 
What is your impression of what Martindale has done with the Giant defense? He doesn't have a lot to work with in certain areas. They are not good in the secondary. They are mediocre at best at linebacker. They have some players on the defensive line. Now, we haven't seen the edge rushes yet, and you want to get them back. But I think his aggressiveness, his experience and his aggressiveness, aggressiveness have been very positive. And again, just go to the third down safety blitz, which basically was the difference in the game. That and the 56-yard field goal. He may be okay at times, and he even has some decent games, but can we in Tennessee finally see that Tannehill is not the solution? Tannehill is a play-action quarterback who thrives in play-action, who can make plays, and you're going to make them in play-action. That's what they are. They're a play-action team. They have a great running back. But right now they're really off their game in a lot of ways, especially defensively. And for the first time, Vrabel is very much challenged. We're going to see how he does. He's a good coach. Let's see how he handles this. Mike C. says Josh Allen has separated himself, even from Mahomes. I would not go there yet. And you don't dismiss a couple of guys named Brady and Rodgers, Mahomes. But Josh Allen is playing the position with a flair, with a confidence, with a physical dominance right now. And he has weapons. And everything is clicking. And right now, he and the Bills are playing the game on a dynamic level offensively. Dynamic level. And right now, it is only September. And I don't like to pick the team that everybody and everybody picked the Bills. So I pick Kansas City because I know Kansas City is going to be there. I know Kansas City is going to play probably in the AFC title game, probably against the Bills. And the Bills were probably the best team in the AFC last year, but they didn't win. And they could be the best team in the AFC this year and not win again. Because in those games, against that level of competition, the game can go either way, anytime. And it's hard. Even when you're dominating the position, it's hard to win Super Bowls. Just ask Aaron Rodgers. Ask everybody but Tom Brady, and he had Bill Belichick with him all those years. Enjoy week number three. Remember, we will be there Sunday after the Jets with the podcast. We'll be there Monday night after the Giants with the podcast, and then all our regular podcasts. Uh, All your gambling needs, Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey in Connecticut play Sugar House. So enjoy uh, week number three, which began with a Cleveland victory last night. And we'll see if it ends with a giant victory on Monday night. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.